I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Live from New York, it's the show that is definitely going to see 80 for Brady in the theaters. <laughs> to see you one more time, it's first things first. On today's show, the goat says goodbye. It's a comeback entirely out of the question. Someone here says, not exactly. Meanwhile, just giving you fair warning, I will be distracted during the show as I patiently wait for that one-day Patriots contract news to finally hit. (laughs) And finally, can Patrick Mahomes ever catch Tom Brady? Believe it or not, Drew, one person here thinks yes. Oh, only one? I think it might yeah, be two people that think It might yes. be two. Wow, that, what a two. It's something maybe we should ask Patrick Mahomes about. Oh, and as extra tease, yeah. we've got Patrick Mahomes coming up after the show. But we'll show gonna, it to you tomorrow. We'll show it to you tomorrow. <laughs> so it's a tease of tomorrow's show, but we're going to start with the GOAT's final note. Brady releasing this message from a sand dune on social media this morning. Take a listen. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So I really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever, there's too many. Um, Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Okay, I'm legit sad. (laughs) Uh, Your reaction. Uh, Well, listen, I thought that was actually a pretty touching video for Mm -hmm. being one minute, and I think it did speak to the fact at how emotional he was about it because obviously that wasn't like on IG Live. You know right. what I mean? He could have yep. done multiple takes or whatever he wanted, right. and that was, I think, the most authentic and the maybe the best version he had of it where he got all the way through it because I think this is a crushingly sad moment for him because I don't think that he – I obviously he's choosing to retire, and I think it's something that he, part of him wants to play football forever. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's 45 years old – and none of us at this table thought he was retiring. Right. <laughs> Speaks to the fact that Tom Brady not only broke the record books, but broke all of our brains about what greatness in the NFL is supposed to look like. Prior to Tom Brady, the high watermark, impossible standard was four rings. And we looked at it as, okay, so who, who, how, how, if you're going to get more than two, how do you get there? Mm-hmm. Well, you have to have this amazing dynastic team like the Steelers did in the 70s or like you, the greatest player ever plus one of the greatest quarterbacks ever like the Niners did with Rice right. and Montana or just Hall of Famers on both sides of the ball all over the place like the Cowboys. Yep. That's the only guys that got three or four rings. Two rings – was you are are you the best quarterback ever? Like that was this like John Elway was in the argument as the best quarterback ever because he got to two. Right. Steve Young got one ring. Brett Favre got one ring. Kurt Warner got one ring. And nobody was like ah, disappointing. You know what I mean? Didn't. Right. But Brady broke our brains on it. And Brew, the thing is that's so crazy about what Tom did was he actually was following that model. They had a little run, won three in four years, just like the Cowboys did, and then 10 years without a ring. It was like, okay, yeah, he's going to have three rings, like, you know, in that. And then from 2014 to 2020, every other year he won the Super Bowl. That's pretty good. And it, it changed the way we evaluate all players in this league now. Where we're talk- you mentioned that we're going to talk to Mahomes later today. For Mahomes, everyone's like, man, if he only wins three, is it a disappointment? When prior to Tom Brady, great point. only winning three would be like, is he the best player we've ever That's seen? Great take. 
No, you're absolutely right. Look, if Patrick Mahomes are only one three, you're right. I I, I would feel a bit disappointed. But that's because of Brady. I, no, no doubt about it. And it's interesting because obviously when you think of Brady, you think of the GOAT. I remember when I first started thinking he might be the GOAT. We're, we're in years he didn't even win it was 2007 when he got Randy Moss. Because his first three Super Bowls, and a lot of people like to say, oh, he's just a game manager. Check out his second Super Bowl win when he threw for about 350 yards and I think three touchdowns. But when he got – he won those Super Bowls without even Pro Bowl receivers. And we know it don't take much to make the Pro Bowl anymore. But he didn't have great receivers. You give him Randy Moss. And all of a sudden, 50 touchdowns, almost twice as many as he had ever thrown in a season. Uh, the, the yardage, everything was crazy that year. And I started thinking, wow, if he had a Rice like Montana, if he had a Marvin Harrison like uh, Peyton. Uh, Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. this is what he would be. And then he adds more Super Bowls, and it's like obviously the he's the GOAT. I, I think who he is, and I, and I mentioned this Monday, Nick. We are talking about Mahomes and Brady. And I said, I think it could end up going forward as Brady is like Bill Russell and Mahomes will be like LeBron Jordan. James. He won't have as many, as many rings, but the, he'll have a lot of rings and the individual numbers. And I really am beginning to feel like this is the Bill Russell of this generation. Mm-hmm. Number one, they were the most, the winningest players in the history of their sports. I mean, Brady's won more Super Bowls than any franchise. That is ridiculous. Uh, Secondly, they weren't consistently viewed as the best player in their sport. Obviously, you had Will Chamberlain with Russell. And Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning got more MVPs and more first-team All-Pros than Brady in his era. Number three, they were both incredibly clutch. And, Nick, I want to show you this graphic. This is what Mahomes does have to do. Look at the the Super Bowls. Look at Peyton Manning and John Elway. Three touchdowns for each of them, five picks for Peyton, eight for Elway. Mahomes even, to this point, two touchdowns, four picks. Brady's 21 touchdowns, six interceptions, over 300 yards a game. Now, Montana's ridiculous. Montana looks pretty good. Montana's crazy. But those two, that's why I don't think Mahomes can pass Montana, even if he wins this year, Nick. Um, But, and then fourth, uh, they won with different groups. You sure. know, like like Russell obviously had Kuzi initially, in and, and then Havlicek yeah. later, and obviously Brady did it. So I, I think he's the Bill Russell of our era. I think it's a great take. Um, I'm looking at it from a Patriots perspective, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, when I I always think it's interesting to see like other grown people, you'd be 32 years old and not really know football without Tom Brady in it. Correct. But me, I'm a little bit older. This side of the table is like the wise table. This is the wise Alex side. Um, So when I was growing up, we had like Tony Eason and Steve Grogan, and we got into the Bledsoe era, and then the Brady era came. And I want to show you this graphic. This is the 20 years before Tom Brady and the 20 years after. Winning percentage obviously goes up. We went to two Super Bowls. We lost them to a combined, by a combined 50 points, win six. Division titles, three to 17, 10 win seasons, six to 18. So the ability to put an entire franchise on your back, it, it really, and I know I joke around about this, but I actually mean it when I call the Patriots America's team. For a generation of kids now, adults, the Patriots are America's team. They're like what the Cowboys were. To our parents, like the Steelers fair. were, to our parents. No, that's 100% right. And we do, we, yes, we, we give you our time about it because they're, you know, they're America's team after, I guess, the fall of an empire at this point. But, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, still, they're still there. Uh, but it also, it is why I think it is so hard for people to have what should be adequ- adequately intelligent conversations about what we expect from our great players because if the the guys that predated Brady that didn't have to live up to the Brady standard mm-hmm. if they had their exact careers post Brady i think we denigrate a lot of them because so if you look probably at it, all certainly all but Montana yeah absolutely like if yeah. i think Steve Young is an one of the greatest players ever he had 10 really years as a starter won a couple MVPs won a Super Bowl won one Super Bowl got to one Super Bowl as the starter Today, 
That's Aaron Rodgers. People are like, man, that guy blew it. That guy, why didn't he do more? And it's because Brady – I did that quarterback pyramid yesterday. Yeah. There are three guys on that pyramid of the 21 greatest quarterbacks ever. That well, I'll just show it to you. Brady had three different Hall of Fame careers. And I said this two years ago when I was filling for Colin on the herd the day after he beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It's even more true now. So I think we can show it. The first part of his career, he did Troy Aikman's whole career. More Super Bowl MVPs, neither one a regular season MVP, and same number of rings. Then there was the period where he had the amazing stats and didn't win. He did Dan Marino's whole career. Mm. And then there was the, let's start winning again. He did Joe Montana's whole career. That's pretty good. So That's good. It, so the fact that he played long enough to do, to, do a, to do a facsimile of Aikman and then a facsimile of Marino and then a facsimile of, of Joe Montana, it's why as much as I want to and as much as part of me really believes it, I can't say... Uh, you know what? Hey, forget the rings. Mahomes better than him. Because it is such a body of work, and it's so overwhelming. And while, yes, we know it's a team sport, they had Belichick, you had great defenses, we also saw the games. And we know that a lot of those games, the defense held the opposition down, but damn it, they were down three with two minutes left, and Tom right. Brady came marching down. We saw time and again what we saw throughout this season, actually, which is games where he didn't play that great in the biggest spots, but then at the biggest moments, he channeled something. And to yep. be able to do it, to be the 14 conference championship games and all these things, it's just impossible. To, it's unfathomable. So let's take a look at Brady's career numbers and – Talk about the elephant in the room. Seven-time Super Bowl, five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time league MVP, all-time leader in wins, passing yards, passing touchdowns. Nick, are you ready to put these in Sharpie, erasable, non-erasable, excuse me, ink, that he's not going to add one more win, a.k.a. do you think he's done permanently for No, I think he's done. I think that... Seth Wickersham uh, had a really interesting piece today, and Seth wrote a book about Tom and was part of the Tom versus Time, I think it was, one of the docuseries Tom did. And we don't talk, I think it's the right thing to do, out of respect, much about Tom's personal life. But obviously that was in the news this year, and he went through a divorce, a very public divorce. And reading that Seth piece, and just as much as you can get from that 60-second video, I think he gave everything he had to the game. Everything. I think he sacrificed in ways that you sacrifice things that people can't fathom sacrificing because I don't think it was just that he loved football. And I actually agree with him on this. And it's a, I agree with what I think he believes. Felt a responsibility as the greatest to ever do something to do it as long as he could. No different than you see people who put, you know, kind of have unbalanced lives because they think what I am doing professionally is that important. I know it's football. I know it's a game. I know it's Mm. all fun. But when you are the greatest to ever do something in the history of the world, it probably weighs quite heavily on you that if you can keep doing it, you got to keep doing it. And he had said, I want to play till I'm 45. And he sacrificed a lot to get there. And now I think he's has to, as, Bel, as Mangini would say, Belichick would say, put it in the drawer and close the drawer. He has to be done with it. Well, and I think to your point, Nick, about him giving everything he had to the game, I think this year he realized, I can't anymore. Now, we get, we get the vacation at training camp, even though I didn't like that. That was apparently related to his family, okay? But the rest of the stuff was mainly going to Robert Kraft's wedding which he had never done, which even Belichick and the Patriots players didn't do. He skips a Saturday meeting, walkthrough, whatever it was going to be, to go to a wedding. That's unlike Tom Brady. And I think he realized, you know what, I'm not giving it my all like I have these previous 22 years, whatever it was. And I think that probably played a role as well. I don't think he'll be back. It's hard for me to believe, Wilds, I'll admit, if the Niners called him and were like, hey, we're, we're in trouble. Purdy's out. Trey's out. We can win Purdy's the Super out Bowl again? with you. <laughs> I mean, and part of me thinks he would come back. But, I, no, I, I I'm 
100% positive he's retired. But it's this quote that always kind of rings in my head. One day you might look up and see me playing the game at 50. Oh, don't laugh. Never say never because limits, like fears, are often just an illusion. That was Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame I was about to say, that sounds like Jordan. Okay. So, and I thought Michael Jordan meant that. That Michael Jordan always thought about coming back. During his Hall of Fame speech, he was talking about coming back. He didn't do it. But I think that competitive fire burns ten times more than even than the average fan, analyst, whatever, recognizes. So I'm putting it at 99. Well, I would just like to tell the audience, because we have new viewers from when we were on in the mornings. When Brady retired the first time, Wilds, from the oh, first yeah. day, was adamant this is not a real retirement. And I made fun of him. I thought he was just holding on to hope and well, all I these was, things. What, but, but you were uh, you ended up being 100% right. So if you think it's on the board, then I will open up the possibility that it's on the board because I think your instincts on this have been excellent. 99.5 But it just seemed like it seemed like – he was like grieving in that video, and that oh, this yeah. was that this is a chapter of his life that I think he has to mentally turn off. Which is, you know, obviously he's not leaving football. You know, he's going to be a part of Fox and a part of broadcast. But I think he said he wanted to get to a goal and got to the goal and is done. I just mm. keep the locker open in New England, just in case. <laughs> just in case. Uh, more on Brady going back to New England. Did that news break yet? <laughs> Did the news break with the one-day contract <laughs> news, I hope. Next, first things first. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Coach Mangini here with us. <laughs> Talking Patriots. Coach, I'm waiting on that one-day contract news with bated breath. Hasn't hit yet. Here's Robert Kraft from 2021. Life has its twists and turns, and look, I'm always rooting for Tommy, except when he's playing us. And in the end, uh, I hope and believe he'll come back here. We'll give him his red jacket, just like we gave you, and he'll retire a Patriot. Thank you, Mr. Kraft. Coach, thank you for joining us. What was your reaction to Tom's retirement, and uh, are you expecting Brady to retire a Patriot? Well, when I, I saw it this morning, I was a little surprised that, that he made the announcement, I, that he made it this quickly and that he made it the way, the way that he did. But I, probably fitting in, in retrospect, especially considering, you know, last year's retirement and, and unretirement. Uh, my reaction, I, I didn't really believe that it was the end, hmm. you know, to some degree. I don't know if I totally believe he won't hmm. at some point wow. next year play. Uh, just because of how he's he's wired and what opportunities could come up late in the season next year, in terms of of him retiring as a Patriot, I mean that's the only place he can retire. Just to go back, you you could see a mid-season, hey, we're in trouble. Do you want to suit him up one more time for eight yeah, games? I see more of like a late season, maybe a team. Let's, let's say it's the the Raiders with a system that he's familiar with. Their quarterback goes down, or let's say it's the 49 49ers always going to have a quarterback, you know, yeah. in flux. Right. So, wow. some place where he could come in and maybe save the day. He's going to be in great shape. He's going to be, he's going to be as prepared as anybody who's on the street. I just realized I didn't that whether I think that's going to happen or not. All next season, that is going to be a topic. 100%. For any team that either has a quarterback injury or a team that is similar to like the Jets situation this year. I'm not saying the Jets next year, but all this talent could be good and the quarterback position seems to be holding them back. There is going – I mean, hell, we did that for Phillip Rivers. Briefly, right. we did it for Andrew what, Luck. What if Romo. Romo. Maybe yeah, Romo. 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 I forgot about Romo. But what, yeah. if, what if it was New England late in the season that was having a great season, had a <laughs> chance, and then suddenly out. suddenly well, that's a big the hit. quarterback <laughs> – I'm just saying, every, every year at the end of the year, there's a really good team and and something happens with the quarterback wow. and, and you're in a situation where you're either dealing with a backup quarterback or 
you know, you've got a guy who you know is in great shape. You know, wow. could step in at any point, especially if it's a system. Uh, I'm not trying to stir the pot here. No, but you're not. You're, doing you're that at stirring all. it. <laughs> you're but to me, that's Too that's late. totally in the in the realm of possibility because he'd be ready if it was a, you know, the Giants. If it's a system he's familiar with, you can plug and play a guy in right away. And that's wow. unbelievable. And he could save. <laughs> he could save the day. Can't because, turn the whole show up. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but, but you asked me what my reaction yeah. was. Well, that was great. No, was my reaction was, yeah, this is, I believe he's, he's retired. I believe he has no intention of signing with the team early. But why couldn't he come in and, and save the day for, for somebody and, at the end? Because he'll be ready. He'll be in shape. And he'll probably and he'll be better a, and he, than way uh, any other option that's available. And it's not, here's the other thing I will add, and then I do want to say what I would like to see. Uh, but he's going to be involved in the league. He's going to be meeting with teams every week, calling games, right? Like that's the that's the. Uh, what's we, and what so I was going to say, you get real <laughs> intel on it, but it's not the type of retirement where it's like you know, it was some guys. We our friend Carson Palmer. We when I, he used to come on the show back when we were on the mornings, and he'd come in from I don't know it was Montana or South somewhere. It's like yeah, bought a ranch, have a winery. Like he's out, you know, he's still involved in the league, but on a tertiary level. Uh, I. Brady's going to be week by week involved in the league. As far as retiring a Patriot, Brew, you know what I would pay real money to see? Do you remember, was a couple years ago, maybe longer, I don't know, the Magic and Isaiah sit down, the two oh, guys? Yeah, you yeah, might have oh, produced yeah, of course. it, for I all I know. No, you might have. I don't know. It seemed like something you might have made. <laughs> um, but where Isaiah ends up crying, yeah, like it's, yeah. I don't think they're necessarily be crying. I would really like to see Brady and Belichick. Sit down like that. We have seen Bill on those NFL 100, that yeah. NFL 100 yeah. series, and it's a different side of him. It's almost like the respect for the game overtakes, like the hoodie nature of him. And he's dressed up, and he's talking about Ed Reed, and he's talking about these guys. And seeing him and Tom, if Tom retires, have that type of almost nostalgic, like, hey, remember when? Remember this game? Those things. I think that would be spectacular and I'm not a Patriot fan obviously but as a Pats fan I think it would maybe be the coolest thing ever because it does feel like it was I don't want to say it was a divorce but it was it it ended awkwardly there right like Tom left and he obviously still had football left you don't think it was a divorce it was a divorce okay well I mean I but but it wasn't it's not like they trashed each other right nobody said anything bad about the other one since then or whatever but it didn't feel like it was clean a clean break and so I think that would be really cool if he were to retire I I also want to see just on that note um a, a like like Mac Jones and um, <laughs> you can't even get it out. Mac Jones and, and a great wide receiver also just sit <laughs> sitting down. DeAndre together. Hopkins just sitting down. Shaking, <laughs> All right, Coach, we gave you a challenging assignment this morning. You've got 20-plus years of Tom Brady footage to go through. We asked you, rather than go at 10,000 feet and have a compliment parade, can you give us one specific moment that you think encapsulates Brady's greatness? Yeah, I, I thought immediately of the Carolina Super Bowl. And, and mm. so to, to frame it up, first 27 minutes, nobody scored. It's kind of dull. We're actually dominating defensively. And then there's a little bit of scoring. Then you go to the fourth quarter, and there's 37 combined points yep. in, the, in the fourth quarter. And, and at that point, Rodney Harrison, starting safety, had broken his arm. Eugene Wilson, the other starting safety, had pulled his hamstring. We're playing with two special team safeties. There, Tom gets picked off in the fourth quarter. They score an 85-yarder, the, the next player, the next couple plays, and, and, it, and it's back and forth. Now, Venateri had had a field goal missed. He had missed one, and he had one blocked. So now we fast forward. It, it's, it's tied up at 29. They kick off to us. They kick off out of bounds. We start driving it, but it gets to third and three, and we're on the 40-yard line, and, and we'll go to the tape here. I think there's like 18 seconds left. But this isn't going to be an easy field goal. So we're going to max protect it. we got two guys in the backfield. Troy's down here. Troy Brown's down here at the bottom. He's going to run a little snag route. And then Deion Branch is going to run. It, it's not really a seven. It starts like a seven, but he's going to bend out about 15 yards deep. Now, as Tom sits back, what Carolina's doing is they're in press man-to-man defense against those two guys. And they've got a safety backing them up. So it almost looks like it's a double team on Deion on the inside. But you can see how tight these two players are to our two receivers. And the corner is has inside leverage. The safety has inside leverage. And Dion is going to attack his inside leverage and then push out 
away from him. Tom sees that, is able to hit Dion here on the sideline. It's about 15 or 17 yards. We have one timeout left. Tom calls a timeout. Adam comes out, kicks the field goal. Four seconds left, they throw the ball around, and we win the game. But it was one of those things, as a defensive back coach, you talk about a nightmare fourth quarter. Game's going great, and then suddenly you're in this, and, and the momentum had shifted dramatically in their favor. We were banged up, and then for Tom to hit that play, because if we don't get the first down, it's going to be a 58-yard right. field goal. Not only do we get the first down, but we get 17 yards. Benetary comes out. So do you think, what in that specific play, is that a play that only Tom can make? Or were you more impressed by the calmness under pressure in the big moment? Well, it's a play, it's a play that eventually we just expected Tom to make. And, mm-hmm. there's, and, and when Carolina kicked the ball out of bounds, we got the ball in the 40, it was like, oh boy, okay, okay, here we go. And then even during that drive, Troy got called for offensive pass interference. We were back, actually back on our own, I think, 43 or 45. Like, it, it wasn't a smooth drive. And then we got to that third and three. We're in that gray area. Time we're fighting time, and and just that that presence. We didn't know if they'd pressure or not. That's why we had the max protection. And then for him to sort out Dion, the safety's over the top. Yeah. The leverage, but, huge. And that and the and two two things stuck out to me there. One was that Brady predates HD TV by number. <laughs> for real, that's his second Super Bowl, and we still weren't in the HD era, and he was playing in the Super Bowl two years ago. The other one is Tom Brady's first playoff game ever, which is the Tuck Rule game. There, you guys are down. I'm just no. I'm just reminding people birthday. of what it is on your Snowed. birthday. But you guys are down ten game. in the fourth quarter. Yep. You're down ten in the fourth quarter of the guy's first playoff game. He is not a legend yet. And in fact, some people were like, eh, "Should we be playing Drew Bledsoe?" Right? Like they, at least in the media yeah, in New yeah. England, he runs for a touchdown. He leads the game-tying field goal drive and then leads a a game-winning drive or field goal drive in overtime. The Super Bowl, a few weeks later, same thing, minute and a half left, gets the ball, game-winning field goal. That's first Super Bowl. You just saw he won a second Super Bowl. After that, you, it, it, then it did feel like it was a fate accompli Mm -hmm. when the Patriots were losing games that if they got the ball, that you were screwed. And it did not. And if you actually go through the games, obviously it's not every time. But right. in our memories, that's what it feels like because the first two times we ever saw him on the big stage, it was the exact same script: tie game, minute left, Super Bowl. Can you get in field goal range? And each time he delivered. And, and that permeated the sidelines. So from a defensive standpoint, you could sit on the sidelines and talk about, hey, "We just got to get the ball back. We just got to figure out a way right. to get the ball back." And and Tom will take care of it. Great. Brew, do you have any final words on the Patriots? Uh, they right said now? it all. They oh. said it all. <laughs> good memories. Wilds is legitimately memories. emotional. Well, I, got, you know, I hate to say it. We're getting first down so easily and winning Super Bowls. And now it's like, man, another third and eight. <laughs> Should we punt early? <laughs> Sorry. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's look at the aftershocks of Brady's retirement. Before this morning's announcement, the next team odds were Raiders, 49ers, Dolphins, Bucks, Jets, and then America's team, the New England Patriots. Brew, Mm. which team wakes up like, oh, man, I thought we had a good plan to get this guy? Well, there's another domino that has to fall. Now Aaron Rodgers, all right? Before it was, do we go after Brady? Do we go after Rodgers? Now Rodgers is that guy. But let's say he stays in Green Bay for, for now. Now, what do the Raiders do? Man. Honestly, and I'm not even saying this because he's my guy, Jimmy G. I mean, really. Like, he obviously, Josh McDaniels likes him. They got a relationship. Mm -hmm. And where do you go? Now, Jimmy G isn't better than Derek Carr. Well, that's the problem. I know, but. You cut a guy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that was just ridiculous. But, so, I think Jimmy G made it with the Raiders. The Jets now, I think, go after Derek Carr. 
I think even with Rodgers on the market, you still might want Carr because he – look, best case scenario, the Jets aren't winning the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. They might make the playoffs and be pretty good. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. So why not go for Derek Carr, who's younger, fits more with your timeline, and, and is cheaper than Aaron Rodgers would be? 49ers, I guess it's Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. And uh, the Patriots, Maybe it's go. your boy. Relax, but can, I, can I just jump in real quick? Because Wilds is understandably emotional today as I would be. I'm sure the day LeBron retires, you know what I mean? It's going to be a tough in, day. In about six tel- years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, assuming, <laughs> God willing, that I'm still on TV. Uh, so I, that part I understand. But the other reason Wilds is a little emotional today is because he has a little making up to do with an important relationship in his life. Ooh. You and Mac Jones, buddy. Oh, get out of town. He Mac saw Jones is fine. Hey, you, all but you left your phone unlocked and he saw the DMs you were sending to Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> he saw, no, Mac, it was all talk. It was all, but the talk was Mac there. Jones it was batting your eyes. You were, you were imagining a, a reconnection with an old high school flame, no. and now you're going back home like, no, it was always you, baby. And I'm telling you, I don't know how that's going to work for the baby goat. It's to- he's to- he totally understood. <laughs> Yeah, he's on one of those lists or whatever. Oh, no. Okay. Pass. Yeah. Brady's on your all-pass list. Got it. Okay, I just want to make sure Mac Jones knows that. Mac Jones is totally fine. (laughs) Coach, the the question I have, I think the Bucs are in an odd spot. If I'm Mike Evans, they're they're $30 million over the cap. Mike Evans is $24 million cap hit. He doesn't have a quarterback now. Chris Godwin, we were were talking about him leaving two years ago. He's got $24 million cap hit. And Vita Vea, who just puts great highlights on tape, I feel like every team would want him. He's a $16 million cap hit. So if I'm a star on the Bucs, I'm kindly knocking on the door like, "Uh, can I go too? I was kind of here because of Tom Brady. I'd like to leave. Yeah, look, it they they knew what they were getting into when they signed Tom initially and when they went and, and paid a lot of guys and they knew there was going to be issues from, from a cap perspective. And now, unfortunately, there's a ton of flux on the staff as well. So, you, you know, that all those changes. So you they, think they tear it down? I, I don't necessarily think they tear it down, but there's there's going to be a natural attrition there because there's so much, there's, there's so much change that, mm-hmm. that's happened in, in the last year. I don't know if they're just a quarterback away from from being back in contention, and then if you are a quarterback, you got to look at, you know, what are my long term prospects there, and how do I fit with this new staff alignment, and how secure is the head coach? Yeah, I, right now the only quarterback on the Bucks roster is Kyle Trask, which you know I know some people liked him in, at Florida, but I mean that's a rough spot to be in. I also think this is well, from the Bucks perspective. We've now seen the last two Super Bowl champions pay a very heavy price for that Super Bowl. Yeah. So the, they're, you know, and listen, I understand the banners fly forever and the whole goal is to win a championship. But we, with the Rams, it was like, wait, is Aaron Donald maybe retiring? Is Sean McVay maybe leaving? All of these things were in the one of the reasons those were discussions was because it looks like, oh, my God, this seems not close anymore. They won a Super Bowl, and now they're not close at all anymore. The Bucs, it, it's very likely that if the Bucs were awesome this year, maybe Tom Brady's not retiring. But the, the report right. that he was either going to play again for the Bucs or mm. retire, that he didn't, and I would understand that a guy who's moved, his kids set up a life, you don't want to then, okay, for a year I'm going to go live in Vegas or San Francisco, whatever it is. I get that. But if they were awesome, then maybe it's an easy decision. But maybe it's like, man, do I want to play again and go eight and nine? And so I know there's no perfect way to, you know, build a sustaining contender unless you have the young quarterback, you know, quarterback rookie contract, all that stuff. But some of these teams, coach, have made very short-sighted decisions that did end up paying off to their credit in yeah. the short term. But it is a long bill that is coming due as far as the franchise being I, – I think the Rams are wrecked for the next few years, and I think the Bucks are about to be wrecked for the next few years, and the Saints were seeing it, by the way, also. They just didn't get the championship. They tried to do the exact same thing, put it all on the credit card, win now, win now, win now with an older quarterback, 
And they're just out in the wilderness now. Yeah, there's a lot of teams like that. And look, if you're going to get drunk, you you got to deal with the hangover, and that's a little bit of you. They just they just <laughs> amen, spend, coach. They spend, <laughs> you trade away draft picks. You trade trade away the future. You, you it's it's hard to recover from that. And and as long as you're in line with ownership, say we're going all in, we're going to win. But there's going to be pain after you win. That's that's fine to do. But eventually the bill comes due, and it takes two or three years to dig out of that and get back into serious. Yeah, look, it's worth it to get the Super Bowl, and I think they got to tear it down. They're not going to be any good this year. No. They weren't good with Tom Brady. They're not going to be good. Okay. So tear it down. Okay. Tell that to Rob Polinka. Seems like there's a lot of parallels there. Well, you know, I was thinking something similar there. We can talk about that. Yeah, speaking of, we got LeBron coming up next. Not here, but we're going to discuss it. Lakers win. LeBron goes for a triple-double in overtime at the Garden. Father Time and R.J. Barrett, nowhere to be found. <laughs> Here's LeBron postgame. No. It's not getting heavier because it's, um, I mean, I'm going to do it. I mean, it's just a matter of time and when I'm going to do it. But, uh, yeah, so it's not, it's not going to get heavy. Um, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm going to be in this league for you know, at least a few more years, so yeah, I'm going to do it, so I'm not, it's not heavy at all. <laughs> That's LeBron. That was LeBron on the record. He's 89 points away. I don't know what AD was up to there. But what was your oh, sorry, Brew, what's your reaction? Uh, first of all, I don't even think that was arrogance on LeBron's part. No. It's just like I'm, if he averages five points for the next two weeks, he's, <laughs> right. I mean, he's going to do it. Like, he's going to do it, right? right? They're, they're, yeah. I agree with So I don't think it's pressure. Even with Steph, it's like you got to hit three points. You got to hit 25 footers mm-hmm. to break that record. LeBron, he can drive. He's mid-range. Like, he's going to break it. So I, I'm totally on board with him there. The question is how long can he keep this up? Yeah. I do think – I don't know this for a fact. I do think, Nick, he's somewhat been motivated by Tom Brady. <laughs> like I really do think – I'm not saying he's going to play till he's 45, but I think, as you said, in football, Brady's changed what we think about mm-hmm. is possible – I think it may have even opened LeBron's eyes, I mean, to what is possible. And we talked about Brady yesterday. His numbers in his 40s are better than in his 20s and 30s for the most part. LeBron's numbers, Nick, 30 points a game he's averaging this year. That's higher than his career average. The eight rebounds is higher than his career average. He's almost averaging his career high in rebounds. He's like .1 away from his career high. His free throw shooting is is back to where it was early in his career, like 77%. Yeah, it's now he's not as good as he used to be, or they wouldn't be in the 13th seat or whatever they are, but his numbers are great. And so I think – Look, next year, he could be a top 10 player still. Mm -hmm. The year after that, I think he would fall out of the top 10, but still be like a legitimate all-star. And I think think the things that are molded, I think here's the three things he has to avoid. The injury, obviously, is going to be that he's got a sore foot now. But uh, then he wants to play with his son, Bronny. So I think that's a factor. And I think winning at some point, like if he's on teams that just can't compete I think that will sour him a bit on continuing to but, play. So I think those are three so, factors. So I showed it yesterday. I just want to reference it again. Because I, I, I do not think LeBron is the same guy he once was. But I do think that his ability to impact winning has now become underrated. When he's on the court, the Lakers have a better net rating than the Milwaukee Bucks. And when he's off the court, they have a worse net rating than the Charlotte Hornets. When he's on the court, they play like a contender. The problem is they go to die when he go, gets his rest, and he has to, at this point in his career, miss games more right. than he even not just not because he gets hurt. I know he did get hurt earlier in the year, but there's more load management now for him than at any time previously. But another night and another LeBron milestone that is just kind of a subhead, right? You you said it yesterday on the show, Wilds. I'll give you credit that you're like, hey, this is going to happen, and nobody cares. Yeah, no one cared at all. The assist thing. So just a little context for what this means. So he's now obviously top five scoring and top five assists. So this is the all-time assist leaders and their career ranks in scoring. One of those things will stick out to you. And by the way, that second is about to be a first. So what about the other way around? The all-time scoring leaders and their rank in assists. Again, one of those things is going to stick out to you. And the fact that, as Bruce Kareem, said, sneaky eye. It, oh, yeah, I mean, Kareem, yeah. 
Listen, some people think Kareem's the second greatest player of all time. Uh, but so here's the other part, though, that I wanted to ask you guys about, which is, Brew, you said, you know, so next year he could still be top 10 and the year after. Why do we think he's declining? So LeBron, can I just show you the numbers quickly here? Here's LeBron in the month of January. Now he's not going to win Western Conference Player of the Month, but he could. Pretty good. And it's 38 minutes per game. 38 minutes per game. But the more noteworthy thing is this. LeBron's first three years with the Lakers, he was 26 a game on 50% in 34 minutes per game. His last two years, he's 30 a game on 52% in 37 minutes per game. His last two years, as far as what he's done, has been better. Now, the team hasn't been as good. And if you want to say his defense has slipped, I will agree with you. But Wilds, I, the fact that he's doing this at year 20 means no. to me, we, I, I don't I think we ha, we can just bake in. Oh, he's the decline is the inevitable decline is coming next year because we thought it was coming Here's four the, years what, ago. Go ahead. I'll throw this to you, bro. After the Celtics game, everybody was furious at the referees, even though everyone knows when you play little league that there are a thousand decisions that affect the final outcome of the game. And I don't know if it was LeBron or AD. It was like, we can't afford to miss these games, to lose these games when you're, we're so close to being in. And then it's a back-to-back, -back and everybody sits out. <laughs> and Patrick Beverly and Russ have to try to get a win against a Brooklyn team without Ben and without KD, and Kyrie goes off and wins. And then last night, you won. So you're like, all right, this is where we're at. We're going to play. We can't play back-to-backs, and we're going to go one for two in New York. I think that hurts, and it doesn't hurt like a – a big uh, age-induced injury, but it's this little attrition where old LeBron would have won those two games. And okay, yeah. but current LeBron but wins I, one out of I guess I'll, show you, I'll tell you why. Like, he's clearly not what he used to be. I agree. Because one of the things LeBron's always been able to do is control a game. Because let's just keep it real. He's been a point guard. Of course. All right, his, throughout his career, he's been bringing the ball up 70% mm. of the time. That allowed him to control tempo, and that's one of the big things that enabled him to take teams that weren't that talented so deep into the playoffs and some of them to the finals. I think the Lakers would be better if LeBron just had the ball in his hands and was doing what he's always done. But guess what? He can't do that anymore. He doesn't have the stamina and the energy to be like the point guard anymore for 35 minutes so, a night. So I think now what you're seeing is he's a scorer. And, and I think that's, that's that energy. And then, of course, you mentioned the defense. So no, he can't control the I game. I agree like with that to. entirely. What I'm asking is I think we have the wrong conversation. We compare LeBron to old LeBron. That's Instead, can we compare LeBron to current players? So if the games missed is a problem, fine. He's played more games this year than Durant or Curry, the other two old awesome players. Mm -hmm. But he's way older. So he's play so he is and defense. If we're going to say the defense is the problem, you can't tell me that he's right now even at a far lesser defender, a worse defender than Steph Curry is. You can't tell me that. Now is he worse defender than Durant? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Durant's actually turned himself into an excellent defender, but. So LeBron's now played 41 games. Durant's played 39 and is still hurt. Steph's played 35. So is it – I feel like LeBron sometimes is a victim of his own previous greatness. That's fair. That we're like he isn't – I totally agree he's not what he was six years ago, eight years ago, ten years ago, any of that. But what he is right now is still as good as anybody in the league except for four guys. There's only four guys that you can hands down right now say have a bigger impact on winning than him. Giannis, Luka, Jokic, and Durant. And Steph, so five guys. And Steph, Steph as well. Yeah. Those five guys. And he plays more than two of them. Steph and Durant. So it just, to me, it, we're, we're having the wrong conversation here. And why can't the Lakers compete in a night that he doesn't play? Because the roster stinks. And but they're not even that eight days away. when he and AD are together. At least so far they haven't been. I, we, I want to see him for a stretch where AD's playing well and LeBron is there and see if they can start winning because I think they're under 500 even when those two play. Coming up next, more Tom Brady talk. Are you buying that the comeback is not going to happen? Guess what? Mangini doesn't. <laughs> we'll give you the scenario next. First things first. That's the other thing. Uh, welcome back to the show. We are talking about Tom Brady's final retirement, we think. 
Although Coach put a little bit of a bird in our ears and mm, I don't know. Here's Tom Brady's resume if you're not familiar with it. Seven-time Super Bowl champion, six with America's team, the New England Patriots, five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time league MVP, all-time leader in wins, passing yards, and passing touchdowns. Coach, last segment or earlier in the show, you said, I don't want to stir the pot, and then you said some of the most incendiary <laughs> that we've heard all week. So do you think Tom Brady is 100% no doubt retired? I think he's 100% no doubt retired in terms of in terms of coming back this summer, signing with the team, like being part of the, the whole season. I'm not 100% convinced that he couldn't be coaxed out of retirement late in the season next year for a really good team that has a chance to make a run that loses a quarterback Coach, late. Could that work? Yeah, at, at that position, that could work. Yeah, well, well, let's let's look at at alternatives like the San Francisco situation where you know yeah, you'd rather not be Josh Johnson. Well, I'm, I'm and and but there's there's other scenarios like that where the second quarterback, when you're looking at it, do I want Tom Brady off the street or do I want this guy? Tom may look like a very attractive uh, option, and that team at that point for that small window could be an incredible option too, and. Like, who's going to be in better shape? Who's going to be better prepared? And if it's a system he's familiar with, could be could be a great thing. Well, look, I mean, if that's Probably the case. Probably not New England, but. Yeah, I definitely don't think New England. <laughs> if that's the case, and Brock Purdy, say, has to have Tommy John surgery, and maybe Trey Lance either isn't looking good or just isn't ready, why, why not call Brady in August or July? You know, if he, if he would come back late in the season, he's still, he's single now, you know? Then why wouldn't he come back in August? Can I ask? I don't what? know if he wants that total grind. I think a little bit later in the year, oh, you know, kind of to the, go through it. But here's my question: If Brady thought that was at all possible, why did he announce this right now? Like, like so he this was the same. It's February first a year ago that he mm-hmm. announced his retirement, and that obviously didn't take for a number of reasons. But there is no reason he had to. He could have waited. As long as he wanted, they can't franchise tag him. Right. His contract's ex- like he's—it's not the Rogers situation where he has to be traded somewhere. He's a true free agent. He could have just sat out there, and it's not—it's not even like free agency has opened up. To me, Brady needed to close this chapter of his I life, with that. and I—he—it seemed like it did seem like he was conflicted, but also. I can't get in the mind of Brady. I obviously don't know him. You know him, but you guys haven't. You guys aren't, you know, as close. I assume as you once were. But I don't think any of us know what it's like to be the greatest ever at something and what that what what that does to your brain. Yeah, and, I don't think it's possible right now, Nick. I really think he's close. But but how long was the last time? It's forty-one days yeah. or whatever it is. Now, if we fast forward multiple months. And how do you replace what he's had from a competitive standpoint? All those different things. And suddenly there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity late in the season. I would just I just think it's an attractive well, just, possibility. Well, here's the other thing, just precedent-wise. It feels like there's always some activity around players that have retired who didn't get forced out of the sport. That if you're a healthy retire. There's oh you're always going to be fielding calls. Andrew Luck fielded calls. We had Calvin Johnson fielded calls. Yeah. Um, Gronk is Obviously. always fielding calls. So I assume he's going to make a few calls. And I know you can't get into Tom Brady's head, but if you were, you know, a long time from now done, and I called you up at the retirement home and I was like, hey, I need one hot take from you. On this <laughs> you were like, let me get my suit. <laughs> I still got it. But how? This is the one part of this, though, that I think that what I was what I was leading up to was this. I'm not sure Tom Brady really wanted to play this year, but he had publicly stated a goal: play till I'm 45. He had built a brand around that to a degree. The TB12 method. I'm going to show you. Essentially. I can reverse aging almost, right? That I can age backwards or I can stop it. And it's going to be, that's going to be part of my business, part of my legacy. 
I think part of the reason he played this year, he knew the Bucs were not going to be great. Everybody knew. I, I, Vegas didn't know, but we talked about it, mm-hmm. especially once they dealt with the offensive line injuries. I think the, the, the turmoil in the coaching staff, there were real questions about how good they could be. But I think a guy who has achieved literally every goal he's ever had professionally wasn't going to leave a box unchecked. Yep. And it was, I said I'm going to play till I'm 45, I'm this close, and I felt like that's one of the reasons he unretired. He tried to walk away, couldn't, because like, damn it, I'm not going to leave this undone. I said I could do it, and I'm still healthy enough and good enough to do it. There's no boxes left to check. Well, he did throw out 50. Did he throw out 50 at some point? I, he well, I, no, yeah, I he think said he could. He, but he said he that could. wasn't the and goal. And he gave Maybe that's what he's coming back at 50. That's right. Right. Oh, I told you, Jordan Esk. <laughs> I told you. All right, uh, talking about another great former Patriot, Jimmy G. Kyle Shanahan had some sound today, Brew, that I think is going to upset you a little bit. Take a listen. See Jimmy being back, and if so, what, what would that look like? No, I don't see any scenario of that. That's it? <laughs> All he's done for Shanahan oh. and that's it? What 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 is Shanahan's record without him? I don't know. Much better. It's gotten ever since a little got bit Brock better, Purdy. but yeah. it's still way yeah, you can't under five hundred anymore. My friend. way under five hundred. Look, I, I get it. I don't. I don't think Jimmy G will be back there. Like I said, he might be with the Raiders now, but I look. He didn't think Jimmy G would play for him at all this year. All right, he didn't even have a playbook in training camp, and. I, look, I just think we have to wait to see what happens with Brock Purdy. Obviously, they like to tra- play Trey Lance instead of Jimmy G, and I don't think Jimmy G will be on the roster, but you never say never, so I don't know. I, I'm convinced there was sound from, from training camp where they said, do you think there's any scenario where Jimmy G will be back? And he's like, yeah, no, I don't think so. And, and Jimmy G gave a farewell speech. Yeah, there was, like. a, farewell, there was a farewell tour. There, there were all those things, and then suddenly – Things changed, and, and he was there, and it was an opportunity. They redid the contract. You've got two young guys who are both coming off significant injuries. Who, who knows what okay. the future holds? Okay, hold on. Rid of Jimmy G. Hold, hold on he, a second. He will not go away. Listen, he's headed they, to brighter pastures. Let's, right. But let's also be honest about how he ended up a Niner again this year. No one would trade for him. No, there was no market for him. At that twenty-eight is, million dollars, right. right? Correct. There, there was, there was. You, you believe there'll be a market this year, not for well, trade, but to sign him as a free agent. Yeah, I think right. someone. I think someone's going to sign him. The Niners. What ended up happening with him? No one. He. The, Washington, to be clear, it was reported was about to trade for him, and then he had that surgery without telling the team, which clearly miffed the Niners. Right. Which I think is one of the reasons. What Shanahan was asked about it. I know at training camp he said we've moved on to Trey Lance. Jimmy did. The, everyone was done there and then there was no market and so he took less money to come back and be Trey's backup obviously by week two he's playing this is a very different situation where Jimmy is once again hurt but is not going to ostensibly need surgery and is going to go be a free and clear free agent for a team that cannot afford another 25 million dollar quarterback well not another but a 25 million dollar quarterback and that's probably what he'll get on the open market what I'm what what to me is most interesting there Wilds is Shanahan doesn't have to say that and Shanahan has given us a lot of evidence that as much as Brew might not like to hear it he doesn't I don't think he's a big fan of Jimmy G not. man he does maybe you he think he like should be I know why why because Jimmy G takes away some of his shine no that's not <laughs> Look, the record is what it is, but, and I, it was nine and twenty-nine without Jimmy G going into this season. Yes. So I don't know what is it now. Well, I don't know. Sixteen. That's and, pretty. Those are pretty compelling numbers. Right. I, that's what I'm saying. But they and, became and, far uh, less yeah. compelling once Mister Irrelevant went undefeated until no the NFC Championship game. He literally he's a is pretty good and, player. And, and no, but he's not he's though. Not, no, he's not pretty he's good. He's not, and he's and, very hurt. He, no, he is hurt. There's listen. There's a lot of similarities to evidently to Purdy and Jimmy G. Quarterback wins, folks, wildly overrate them, and they get carried by the Shanahan offensive system. And they got to an NFC championship game, and Jimmy G's case got to a Super Bowl by throwing eight passes in the NFC championship game. Shanahan desperately, more than anything in the world, it's so clear we know it because he traded three first-rounders for a guy, wants a force multiplier at the quarterback position. Now, I'm not saying we, we have any way to know if Trey Lance is that, but he believes, I think correctly, that... My system with just 
baseline adequate quarterback play can compete for 12-plus wins deep into the playoffs. If I I saw Matt Schaub throw for 4,000 yards in my system, I saw Cousins throw for 4,000 yards in my system, if I could well, one day... Cousins all, the system is, also magically got help by getting Christian McCaffrey. Yes. No, thank of, you. Also and Brian Hoyer's a quarterback. decent kind of backup. He wasn't good bit. in the system. Okay, but we're saying Brian Hoyer? Okay, we've reached okay. the Brian no, Hoyer stop. stage. I'm just saying. He, Shanahan correctly believes if we were to ever have an elite talented quarterback, we would be the best team in the league by a wide margin. He knows Jimmy G's not that. I think he knows Brock Purdy's not that. Which is why they are hoping Trey Lance is that. Okay. Don't block Reddick with the tight end or a wide receiver for that matter. <laughs> uh, talking about Brady, the goat of all goats. Next, first things first. Althea Gibson was an American tennis player and professional golfer and one of the first black athletes to cross the color line of international tennis. In 1956, she became the first black player to win a Grand Slam title. Altogether, she won 11 Grand Slam tournaments, five singles titles, five doubles titles, and one mixed doubles title. She was inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame and the International Women's Sports Hall of Fame. She was also the first black player to compete on the women's professional golf tour. Gibson was a woman of many talents, an athlete, writer, vocalist, sports commentator, and was very involved in social issues and community activities. She is considered one of the most significant athletic forces among black women in sports history. A quote from Althea Gibson, the loser is always a part of the problem. The winner is always a part of the answer. The loser always has an excuse, the winner always has a program. The loser says it may be possible, but it's difficult. The winner says it may be difficult, but it's possible. Well said, Joy. We're back here at First Things First. 15 minutes in shows, a great five minutes for you. Tom Brady, reaction coming in from across the sports world. Derek Jeter saying congrats on an unbelievable career. It was fun to watch. Serena I'm getting teary-eyed watching this. Sad to see you go. Welcome to retirement world again. Well done, Serena. And David Beckham. We love you, man. He sent that one to Tom Brady just so Tom Brady saw that. Uh, Brew, where are you ranking Brady across sports? Well, here's how good Brady was. Jeter's tweet, which was nice, it, it feels like an understatement. Yeah. It was an unbelievable career. Yeah. Right? Hey. Like, that's it. That's it. Look, I'm going to go. Maybe I go too deep here, but I, I, Bill Russell is the greatest winner in American sports history. Nick, you'll like this. I think there's an argument for LeBron even being the greatest, just pure athlete. I think Bo Jackson, obviously, and, and some others people might throw out. Most important athlete in American sports history, Jackie Robinson or Ali. Sure. And I would put Jordan ahead of Brady. And here's why. Obviously, they both were terrific winners. But Jordan, Brady was, like I said, it was questionable at times. Was he even the best quarterback in the league during his era? All right, some it, you could argue it was Manning. You could argue at times it was Rodgers. They both had more MVPs, more pro, uh, all pros than Brady. Jordan, it wasn't arguable. There's no one in his era, Isaiah Thomas, early on, Bird, Magic, uh, Ewing, you know, Elijah, nobody that you're saying – he may have been better than Jordan. Even if you take out the rings, I think he was better. You're not saying that with anybody in that era. So I would put Jordan ahead of Brady. Hmm. I, I think you've almost got to separate the individual sport athletes. So Serena Ali, the, I, I put the. I mean, if we were to do like a Mount Rushmore of athletes, it gets very complicated. Like Usain Bolt, is he on there? I, I'm going to put those people in. I'm going to go team sport athletes. To me, Tom Brady has to on American sports. This hurts, man. He has to be at the top. Mm. Because all-time American sports, number one. Yeah, because there is no debate about who the greatest in the history of his sport is. So I believe the greatest basketball player ever is LeBron James. You believe it's Michael Jordan. There is a case to be made that nobody makes, but it is a strong case to be made that it is actually Kareem, particularly if you're going to include an entire basketball life, right? Because of what he did in high school, college, and then the pros. But there's strong arguments to be made for three different people in that sport. 
Baseball, I have no idea who the best player of all time is. I'm told it's Babe Ruth, but none, no one alive has ever seen him play. The numbers are unbelievable. But also, how do you do pitcher versus hitter, all of that stuff? Willie Mays, pretty great. Barry Bonds, unbelievable. Saw him. There's a debate. There is no football debate. It's done. It's over. Now, maybe there will be one day, and that will change some things. Uh, but if we are talking about the greatest... If we were to do a Mount Rushmore of American team sport athletes, the only guy that you know has to be on there is Brady. Because if you're, if you're only going to put one NBA guy on there, then there's going to be an argument about who gets that spot. I know, you, I know it's sacrilegious for some, but there's an argument there. And one of the guys in the argument is still playing. And so we'll see how it ends up for him. And maybe LeBron can catch Brady. But he's got to be at the top. Like, he's earned it. Uh, guys, I, can I tell you something, Coach? I really didn't like saying any of that. That is my commitment to take integrity. I have to be what honest. Commitment. I didn't enjoy I, that one bit. I, I enjoyed but it. But it's got to, I mean, it's just got that's where he's got to be. Yeah, I think it's hard to, to make an argument that from, from an athleticism standpoint, he's the greatest athlete. Right. But, but for me, and, and when I talk to my kids about, about great players and, and what Tom was, it, it was... The fact that no matter how much fame he had, no matter how much success he had, uh, no matter how much money he had, he was the same person every day with, with the same work ethic. And he was, he was humble and he brought his teammates in, into, the, into the mix. And, and like those intangibles to me make him different than anybody else that, that I had been around. And, and even as you talk about other athletes and, and they have their different issues associated, he was just such a, he's so special from an intangible standpoint. To me, that makes him on top of Mount Rushmore. You know what I wonder, Brew? I wonder if as everybody ages and, and Tom Brady's career starts to be viewed over the course of right. decades, whether his clutchness will rise to the top. Whether it's like, you know what, he was the most clutch athlete ever. All, all the late game comebacks, the Falcons Super Bowl win. I think that is going to slowly rise up. It's not just going to be yards and numbers. Like, you know what? This guy was always cool under pressure. Well, what about Super. how he came into the league? That's, about, I bet that like, gets – I don't know. It's a good question. Me, I wonder that, if that gets that's lost a little itself. bit. A hundred percent. But that's the other thing that's going to help Brady, I believe. And unless, listen, unless – my guy Patrick, you know, does something unbelievable over the next two decades it would take, you know, over the next 15 years. He's done to the record books what Gretzky did, which is, listen, I don't know much about hockey. Hockey's never been a sport I've watched. But occasionally you scroll across Wikipedia page or something, you're like, ah, hey, let me research on this. And it's like, what? Wait, what? Like, the numbers look like, did he play in a different era than ever? No, no, no. He was just, but that's what we, we've shown it earlier in the show. The gap between Brady and second place in all the prestigious winning stuff, the gap is bigger than what the second place guy has in total. And that, so he's just going to stand alone in that regard as the guy in the most popular sport in the country. Okay. Uh, we're talking Brady versus Mahomes, a brand new podcast read, and NBA medals. Next, first things first. <laughs> Why are you promoting the podcast? podcast? People love the audience. Uh, let's move on to medals. Not getting a medal. Dennis Schroeder. No. It was a great shot, and I'm calling it the game-winning shot. Okay, yeah. It wasn't at the end of the game, but it was a heave that without, they would have lost. Sporting events that go to overtime do weird things to Wilds' brain. He doesn't count them as wins. He counts every basket as the game-winning basket for both teams. It it doesn't really make sense. Bronze medal. Oh, there's the game-winner from LeBron. If he doesn't make that, (laughs) it doesn't go to overtime. Wait, Wait, look. Game-winning assist from LeBron. More of them. <laughs> That's uh, how it works. Uh, hey, guys, there it is. The game-winning shot from LeBron. Wow. Uh, so he becomes the oldest guy ever with a 20-point triple-double and first guy ever in year 20. Kawhi Leonard, who's turning a bit of a corner if he can stay healthy, which is a massive if. But the Clippers are looking better. Kawhi has looked very good this last month of basketball. He gets the silver and then the gold to Nikola Jokic. Another uber-efficient triple-double, a guy who is now averaging a triple-double on the season, 26, 18, and 15 
in a win over the free-falling, yeah. previously frisky yeah. New Orleans Pelicans. They Z need Zion. Zion. Yeah, There's yeah. the medal stand from last night in the association. Very objective. Nick's becoming more and more I've always been on his medal stand. Guys, okay. with Tom retired, we are looking around to see who will take the goat torch. Okay, well, we know that. Well, I'm just going to show the, t the pyramid for people that didn't get a chance to watch yesterday. Oh, okay, thanks. Yesterday, you put uh, Patrick Mahomes quite yeah. close to the GOAT. I had Dusty make an interesting graphic on how far away he is, statistically, yeah. from Tom Brady. Uh, wow. Okay. Only 65,000. Do you know, that we did the math, you could get to the moon and back. No, you couldn't. You Dusty didn't do the math. That is Mars? definitely not accurate. So here's Harris? the... Let me just ask you, let me, because here's the thing. If Mahomes wins in 10 days, he will absolutely unequivocally be on track. Now, it's a long track, but he will be, if it's a marathon, his, you know, his split after the fourth mile will be, oh, that is on track to break the record. Will he get there? It depends on how long he wants to play. That's something maybe we should ask him about when we talk to him, actually, is how long he wants to play. Uh, given that Brady played 22 seasons. Right. I, here's the thing, Brew. I do not think he needs seven rings to be considered the greatest ever. I do think that he has to win a bunch of them, and he has to continue what, what he can, where he can really take the torch and where I think he has taken the torch is he is the guy who you want the ball in his hands down for with a minute left. More than anyone in the league, just like it was with Brady, you add all of the eye-popping stats that he already has, it's certainly on the board. It's a, just a big board. I agree he doesn't have to win seven. He's got to win probably four at the least. I agree. And may, maybe even five. But that's the first thing. <clears throat> Nick, he also has to play better in the Super Bowls. And I know he was great in his first, right, with the comeback. Mm -hmm. But two touchdowns, four picks. Brady, 21 touchdowns, six picks. So, and he's got time, but he's got a, his numbers in the Super Bowl have to rival Brady. So he's got time, but yeah, that's the potential is there, as the I've been saying for years before. Oh, okay, it's an amazing it. career for the goat.